So I'll uh, just present a little, some terms, like a glossary of what I say, yes? The biggest one is probably selfing. So selfing is a, it's a mental process. Hey, I'll start here. Well, I'm going to give a couple of terms that we use when we do the talk so that, because people have told me that they get confused. So selfing. Selfing is a, is a term I use to express the mental process's activity of implying and insinuating and inferring that there's a self. Yes? So, when, and also when I say the word self, I'm using, let's say, the small s self, or more like the recovery program self, not the large s. So when I use mind, if I use the mind that we're used to now, I would say that's the conditional mind, and then there's mind, yeah, for me. Now, <coughs> the sense of being an action figure is just the body, yeah? You're an action figure. You're driven by time, in a sense. As you can sit here, you can feel the, you can feel the influence of time when you sit down. It feels like you've been on a, like a, one of those uh, mechanical uh, sidewalks, yeah? You've been being pushed all day, seemingly. You can feel the effects of time when you take a breath or something. You'll feel like there's been a movement. You've been pushed like something's been on your back and pushing you all through the day. That's the influence of time, I'd say, yeah? So the sense of being the action figure is in also in the idea of being in time. And then what else do I usually say? Well, that's that, really. So, <laughs> it's a pretty simple invitation. Oh, yeah, so it's an invitation and a message. It's not a dissertation. It doesn't have anything to do with doing and having or adding or lessening. You know, there's no more or less. All the measurements and the gauges that we have to uh, gauge and measure how things are going here don't really apply to that, you know, what we're going to be speaking. We can't speak about it, but we can speak about what we're not. And in seeing what you're not, you'll have a sense of what you are. You, but what occurs is, is people, my view, is that people want to know the truth, but they want to know the truth as a person, yeah? Or they want to, like when they come to meetings like this, they want to they want to be there to get the message. Yeah? They want to be there as they're feeling they are right now, which is not so. It's just a feeling. But that feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity wants to be around to get the experience of its own absence, <laughs> which it can't have. You know what I mean? It's not going to. There is no experience of the truth. You can experience life from the truth, but you're not experiencing. You're not going to experience the truth as an object to you as the subject. Yeah, this whole message is just pointing out: Are you that subject? Yeah. Are you that? Are you what you're taking yourself to be? And how we're taking ourselves to be, whatever that may be, is being reinforced by this movement of a mental process called selfing. Yeah, which you can call it uh, the act of being identified as a self. Now, it's not identified as, which is the verb, and then the self as a noun. It's identified as self. That's the whole verb. Where Our whole point is there is no noun. There is no person. There's no individual entity. So there is no self. There's just selfing. Yeah? 
And so the first movement of selfing is to claim. That's its first movement. So when we were kids, when we were babies, I don't think the self... I think the, the research is now saying that the sense of self starts coming up in about 18 months, yes? So in those prior to those 18 months, and then it's very unusual if you have a memory of those 18 months prior to the sense of self arising, yeah? So the memory and the sense of self are really very, very important together. You can't have a sense of self unless you're remembering it, really. Yeah? You have to remember the self to feel like one. Because you can't feel like a self right now. Yeah? You're on right now. The best you can feel is of being of spirit or of consciousness, having contact here. But the idea of being a self has to be reinforced by being remembered. Yeah? That's why there's so much thought about the past and the future. If you look at the thought system, see the value system of the thought system. What does it value? Does it value this present moment or the past and the future? Yes? It values the past and the future because when it values the past, when it thinks about the past quite a lot, what does it think about the past? What does it use that past to think about? You. You as a body. Yes? The thought system pictures you as a body to think about. So it, it pictures you years ago, and then it thinks about that you, and by the thinking about that you, you feel or you sense the being that you you're thinking about now. You sense it, yeah? In other words, you remember self. That's why they, St. Francis, another a great Zen master called Dogen said that to study Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. So... So, if you look at a dualistic expression here, then the antidote to remembrance would be forgetfulness. Yeah? So, they're basically applying the right antidote. So, if the only way you can have a feeling of being a self is to have it being remembered, because you, it's not happening now. Yeah? It's a mental idea that's claimed what's actually happening as being happening to you or from you. A crazy freaking idea in a way. But it reinforces this idea by thinking about you in the past, and therefore it remembers the feeling of being that you now. And then it thinks about you in the future, and it uses the future to remember the self also. Yeah. So when you're thinking about the future and what's going to happen to you, you're picturing yourself as a body. Yeah. You're not picturing yourself as a spirit. You know? You're picturing yourself as a body. So the thought system is identified as being a body. It's calling you somehow being a body or owning a body or being a soul that's stuffed in a body. But somehow its whole reference, its whole base of reference is being a body. So it thinks about you in the past and then it thinks about you in the future. And in a way it goes like this. I was there. I will be there. I am here. <laughs> so what would happen if the rug was pulled out of I was there I will be there by your interest and attention not going to the was and to the will be, yeah? You're more, you will be, you'd be more apt to be in the state of forgetting self right now, yeah? If you weren't attending to the thoughts about the past, how could the past conjure up any effect now? It's not happening. It's your interest and attention that causes the effect of what the thoughts are about in the past to occur. Not the past, it's not happening. Nor is the future. So the interest and attention is the magical elixir that makes things seem to be so if they're paid attention to. So there it goes. So my interest and attention is going to those thoughts about what's going to happen to me 
in the future, not because it's the future, but it's me. That's it's that's what's drawing my interest and attention from right now to this activity of thinking about me in the future because it's about me. What would happen if you weren't that me that it's about? I'll tell you in my experience what happened. I lost interest in thinking about me in the future and I definitely lost interest in thinking about me in the past. And so when I'm not thinking about me in the past and the future or not attending to them, the mind can be thinking about it all at once, but if I'm not attending to it or interested in it, I am in the forgetfulness of that self. Yeah, I'm in, I, in, I get its inherent absence and that's the presence. Yeah. Now what happens is, if the, abs- if the presence of this little ghost called you is reinforced and it seems to be here, now that pseudo-presence will try to experience what seems to be absent to it. And it will give it a spiritual connotation as there's a presence somewhere that I can find as this inherent absence. But just see you're not that, and they'll sense the present just like that. Just like you're sitting in this room. It's like a nuclear reactor. It's so freaking loud, the silence. If, you were, if there was an attention or, be, or an interest in being here, you'd be totally engulfed in that sound. Yeah? And you know what? It's so easy to lose oneself in sound because it's not coming from anywhere. It's sort of like you're in a con, you're just, you're totally being awashed with sound, and that sense of being a fixed reference is easily blown out of your interest and attention. Then what's left? Exactly what's always there. Your inherent presence. Yeah. But not to be had by a seeming absence. That's the dilemma. We're attempting to verify a seeming absence by finding some spiritual presence that give the absence some verification instead of just seeing it's inherently absent. That's the presence. That's how it is. It, it doesn't even rush in. It's too fast in that. It's always been here. So it's, there's no experience that rushes in. Oh, I, as this inherent absence, have now just had this experience of the presence. They don't mix those two. Yeah? If the absence seems to be present, then the presence will seem to be absent to you. Yeah? The drag is, it's not absent, it can never be absent, but it will seem to be absent to you. And in a, in a, in a stage of time, it can seem to be absent for quite a while, maybe a whole life, maybe 80 years. Can't do it forever, but it can sure appear to be doing it in time. Yeah? As long as the mental process is reinforcing that idea that I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, which it is, because I remember I went back east, and uh, I've shared this quite a lot, and I hadn't been there in a while. I was doing some talks, my hair had grown. So people were going, hey, Paul, you're growing your hair a lot longer. And I said, I'm actually not growing my hair. I'm just not cutting my hair. Yeah, I'm not taking two hours on Saturday and going home and then putting this, you know, busy on my door and sit and grow my hair. It's just something, I, if I don't cut it, it grows. Yeah? But see, the language assumes I have something to do with something I have nothing to do with. And that, that little example expand on it. The language is implying you have something to do with a whole lot of what you have nothing to do with. <laughs> Especially, in a sense, what you call your life. <laughs> and what happens if you entertain these possibilities? I don't know. Find out. 
What happened with me, I find out that <laughs> what a long-lasting, stabilized sense of traveling lighter became the dominant theme in my life. Yeah, it didn't say it didn't come and change the geography of what my destiny as an action figure was going to be, but it has allowed me to travel lighter over all the hills and valleys of this destiny. Yeah, day in and day out. What more do you want, in a sense? Yeah, with that lack, with that that lack of of being available to what is, you will buy so many concepts about a. a a conceptual what is that you're going to try to arrive at like the holy land or the promised land. There is no promised land. You are it. Yeah? And the great news is this sense of selfing. See, a thought is not what's being used. To, it's being used to defeat us. It's not what's defeating us. The mental process uses the thought system to facilitate the bonding mechanism. So you get bonded to this idea of being the one who did something or didn't do something, who looks a certain way that should be getting better and isn't, or so on and so forth. Yeah, Every thought, the whole thought system is used to imply that there's a someone there. Used to infer that someone is the doer, is the haver, is the alpha and the omega. Yeah, Insinuating all of that. Yeah, Implying, referring constantly. And all it can do is point. It cannot make the moon that it's pointing at. It doesn't even say it's pointing at the moon. It just points, and then the mind makes the leap into being, this must be what I am that's being pointed at. Yeah? The thoughts only are there to facilitate that pointing, and then the mind makes the leap into that what which it believes is being pointed at. Feelings, you now become the feeler. Seeing, you now become the seer. Hearing, you now become the hearer. The event of being consciously in contact with life is now your life. Yeah? And you get, what happens is, a heist occurs all day, every day, and you get it gets replaced with an interpretation. You get a, a, a mental interpretation for the life that's going on. I was just reading this incredible book. I was ran into it, not here, <laughs> but uh, they probably have it. I, we was we, my friend and I had to wait for something, so we went into a bookstore, Green Apple Bookstore, and I was walking around. She was walking around looking at the books, and I see this book, and a pretty damn good title. It says Lord Buddha's explanation of the universe. I said, "Geez, I gotta check this thing out." <laughs> I mean, Lord Buddha's explanation of the whole enchilada. So I was reading that thing, and. Uh, it was sort of like this room. Something happens, you know, you get, the silence gets deafening and then you know you're on to something. Uh, you're just indulging and enjoying in that. And then I didn't buy it, you know. And then I went back, though, a week later and I got it. And I've been reading it lately, every once in a while. And he's talking about most people's, this is supposedly Lord Buddha, most people maybe get uh, maybe 15 or 30 minutes of being conscious their whole life. Mm-hmm. Huh, their whole life. Day in and day out, habit upon habit, regurgitating themselves. Seeing only the past, living only from the past, and projecting this past into a future. Yeah, And every once in a while, something may happen that will bring you out of that coma or out of that trance. Yes, But quickly, quickly, that demonstration of what actually is so 
is overrun by the mental process like a speed bump, and it goes on its way of time and space, and you as this action figure. Yeah? I would say that would lead to a rude awakening if you read that and you were, had any sense of maybe Lord Buddha had some kind of expertise in these matters, you know. And then he's doing a diagnosis. Hey, maybe you're getting 15, 20 minutes of it your whole life here <laughs> when your head is up your ass, the ass of self. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, what happens when you pull it out? You'll hear a pop and then you'll be seeing blue is blue and red is red and some clarity will not arise it will be accessed. It's always there. Yeah? Everything is always there. Even if, let's say, you have alcoholism, and alcoholism now is like a, what do they call when cancer goes away for a while? Remission. remission. So the act of alcoholism has been, is in remission, yeah? but if certain circumstances and situations change, that which was seemingly asleep wakes up, and now you're being used as a vehicle of that incredible, insane parasite called alcoholism expression. And that's all that's happening here. Tons of mental possibilities or mental winds are blowing, and they're blowing through us to seek expression. Yeah? That's what they're doing. So let's say if the Petri dish your mind is, is resting in is identification as a self, which is, its first reaction to that is fear, yeah? And then from there, the defects of characters arise, and all this gets cooked out of that Petri dish. And the first part of the Petri dish, the first thing is identification as self, yeah? So let's say if that's in place, you add alcohol and drugs, jealousy that used to get you in a little trouble, now you're up on stalking charges, yeah? (laughs) Things get amplified. They're always there, they're always possibilities, but they're not being triggered or not able to access manifestation. So they're inherently, they're like, they're asleep, but they're quite easily woken up. And when they wake up, if you have a sense of being a someone who's been very sober and very clean, it must be devastating that after 20 years they get taken over again, and now they're just fucking walking down 4th Avenue, San Rafael, with a paper bag looking in the garbage, you know? It must be an incredible rude awakening because they thought they were established, an established someone and now that has been shown not to be so. There's no established someone. Everything is verbing. Everything is in flux. Everything, the, the real certainty here is to find relief in uncertainty, in I don't know. The real security is in insecurity. Yeah? So this is a simple, simple invitation. It's not saying, oh, right, I was reading these things in Facebook. There's people write all this stuff and it's my homepage. I've never been on this homepage. And there's all these discussions going on and I, have, I don't know any of them. And, and it's like just spiritual shit happening, you know, and they're... You have to see how the language implies... You have a role here that you don't have. Yeah. How am I going to have? How am I? How's how's disinterest going to grow over this language that's in my head and everyone speaking to me all day? If I believe I'm the central object of the whole system, the self. How am I going to get relief from the system's effects if I'm the source or actually the root of it? That it's my juice being used through this heist 
by this movement of of a mental process called selfing, and it's my own juice that's being used to produce this interpretation that seems so freaking real to me. Yeah. I would say this is what needs to opt out. And the best way to get out of something is realize you were never in it. Yeah. In the realization you were never in it, how much time has passed in that realization? How much process has had to be done to get out of what you're not in? And therefore, if you're not in, then why would our fear arise that you may go back if you've never been in there either? Because every time there's an escape from an imaginary place, there's also a fear that you're going to go back to that place. Unless you're vigilant, or you're doing this, or you're doing that. Which is all blowing up the doll of selfing. But what happens if the problem, from the solution's point of view, the problem is imaginary. Seriously. Yeah. From the, from the problem's point of view, there, need, there is a need for a solution. But if it entertains this solution, what happens is, what's revealed is the problem is imaginary. So there is no, it does take any time to get out of what I'm not in. And therefore, also the solution goes. You don't even need a solution. That's how economical it is. Yeah, You don't have to have one little special pocket to stick the solution in. It's like when I used to do coke out there, and I'd go to places, clubs, I'd put my hand on my little bindle of coke to get some false security. Like, if everything goes to shit tonight, I still have this, you know? You don't even have the solution. That's how beautiful it is. It's totally economical, totally pared down. Yeah, The solution is only temporarily there as, so, as long as you think the problem's real. Just like people say, do I have to go to these meetings? Well, if you feel like you do, you better. You know? And if you don't, don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? The need is all based on you. There's no inherent need. It's all based on where you seem to be. Yeah? And everything, if it's worth their salt, will save you time and, and shorten the length of your path. But why not? The most perfect thing is there's no need to get out of what you've never been in. How real could something have been if if it's not affecting me right now? How real could it have been? How real could alcoholism have been been if it's not affecting me at all right now? And my experience is the problem doesn't exist for me. Why would something be able to not exist for me because inherently it never existed. That's the only way. That was the reality. That view that took maybe 25 years to finally dawn on the mind is the clear view of it. The only thing selfing can do, it can, it can raise a possibility to a seemingly so. It cannot be so. Yeah? It cannot be so. All it can do is infer that it's so, imply that it's so, Assume that it's so. Refer to it that it's as if it's so. But it cannot make it so. It can only appear to be so to a you. Yeah? It needs a you, a mind that's taking itself to be an individualized aspect. It needs that aspect of mind to appear to be real to. It cannot be real. It can only appear to be real to a confused or... Dis- not even confused. Let's just say... Uh, Obscured mind, yeah? So what would happen? What more do you... If something's not happening, what more do you need to do than to realize that? What more... Every effort after that point 
is, reinf- is, is, is reaffirming the belief that it actually did happen or is still happening. Yeah? If something's not happening, what more do you need to do? Yeah? You want freedom from the future? Realize it's not happening. You want freedom from the past? There you go. Realize it's not happening. You're not seeing it, hearing it, feeling it, tasting it, touching it. There's just thoughts about it. And the only reason why the thoughts can produce an effect is you think it's about you. If you were not that, you'd lose interest in all those forays. Yeah? Your interest and attention would be right here, right now. And the thing that's a, you know enslaving your life with this preoccupation of being this self would be enriching your life. Not next week when you get through the process, but right now on a Monday night at Open Secret Bookstore. Right this moment. You're... you're you would be on the pulse of living. There would be an awareness of the conscious movement being in contact with seeming things. You'd be awake to it. Yeah. It's like finding the first knot in a row of knots. Yeah? And their knots seem to be knots. Yeah? And even if you work hard and loosen them, they seem to knot up again. And maybe money and security and health and this and that. And you've just been working, taking different seminars on this and that and this. And you know, you get so excited when it seems to work, but then it knots up again. What would happen if you went back, went back and looked at the first knot? And I'm saying the first knot is the act of being identified as a self. Yeah? It's an act. You are not a self, but the act of being identified as a self is my take on the first knot. If that is not true... What happens is there's a thread that runs through this knot to all the other knots. When this knot loosens up, all the other knots of your life will loosen up. You will travel lighter concerning your jobs, concerning this, concerning that. You'll travel lighter concerning time, but you you won't take time so seriously. And it will happen with no thought or effort on your part. If you sit down trying to not take time seriously, you're going to spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah? You'll be right in the belief of time, trying to not take time seriously. Self can't get out of self. You can't use mind to seek mind. Light can't be used to find light. Yeah, It's the revelation, you're not what you think you are, and then what are you? Find out. Find out. Yeah. If someone says it, I heard this, this lady on the Facebook, it sounded really good, like Shiva is it, and then... He's reflecting, and in the reflection, he manifests as Shakti. What's, what are you going to do with that? You know? Oh, yeah. I got it. No. It's like a cartoon in a comic. You know, like, oh, Shiva and this and that. But what if you're not that? If you're not the one who's the thinker. If you're not the one who's the feeler. If you're not the one who's hearing. If you're not the one who's tasting. What, what would happen? Find out. Entertain the possibility. And see if it doesn't cause your life, what you call your life, to be lighter. Yeah? And maybe if you enjoy light, you'll just keep entertaining it. Yeah? And the point is, it's not going anywhere. It's not like you're going to have to find it to entertain it. <laughs> you are it. Yeah? And your mind has the ability, one of its qualities is to entertain yeah, what would happen if it entertained the possibility? Hey, I'm not that. You would see the pointing, but you wouldn't make the leap into the pointed. You would see the implying of the thought system, but you wouldn't buy it. 
you would see the seeing instead of having that dismissed and have it emphasize the seer and seeing. You would sense the living. Yeah. And you may find that that was more than enough. All your conceptual ideas of what it would be like to be satisfied, which is like enlightenment and all this, you probably feel it just with this and with just this activity and you'd be freed from the need to be liberated you'd be freed from the need for anything to be different right now yeah. you wouldn't when someone would say well if you're so so and so then why aren't you swimming in the depths of the the eternal ocean this is the depth this is exact this is it this is the deep side of the pool right now. Do you hear this in this room? Do you hear the silence? Doesn't that grab your attention a little? It's so nice if your attention is flexible and free to be grabbed by what's happening. Yeah? Instead of being co-opted and enslaved to what's not happening. Yeah, that your interest and attention is available to invitations that are going on instead of being having an old invitation of what happened and living an old invitation about what's going to happen. Yeah, can you imagine if it was freed and flexible enough that if you sat here and something grabbed your attention, it could truly be embraced and you could just sit in that. Yeah. Instead of hoping for this eternal embrace, you would sense it right now. In all these seeming passing moments, you would sense that eternal embrace. What more would you want? And is it going to be severely limited only when you come to a place like this or go on a retreat? Of course not. If it's limited to that, it's not it. Yeah. It seeps in like it seeps in like you don't see it. You're just, you just, you're at a point of constantly finding out. You're trying to deal with that insecurity by saying, I know quite a lot. But you're basically, we're like a canvas, and you know it, the, 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 uh, the colors blend, come bleed through the, here where you can't see it, and then you find out about what's going on when it manifests, yeah? But in a way, like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its fruits. You'll never know the tree, but you'll know the tree by its fruits. You'll intimate what that may possibly be by what it seems to be happening now. Yeah. And it says, you know, a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Yeah. So instead of having that drive to know, you're relegated and actually placed in this lovely position of finding out. Yeah. Which to me is much more convincing than knowing. To find something out is much more deeper, has a better anchor than knowing. Because knowing is always bookended with, I may not know, I once did know, I hope I'm going to know more. Yeah? But finding out is like revelatory. It's like opening something up that's living and just keeps presenting itself. Yeah? Not a dead object or a dead concept, but something that's living and then presents itself. And you're there to receive that presentation. To me, that's being alive. Yeah? The other is just a slavery to the mental process. So thoughts do not defeat us. It's the my. 
That is the way the my represents that movement of selfing called claiming. Yes? So now the thought system is claimed to be you're the thinker. Yeah? Or they're about you. That's the bonding energy. Yeah? It uses the thoughts to facilitate that bonding energy. So the mind gets bonded to this idea of being a self, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, by the interpretation of thoughts as I'm the thinker. Feelings are used the same way. They facilitate the bonding mechanism because now you're the one who's feeling them. Yeah? So you always take the position of this is happening to me or I'm doing it. Yes? This is how you're bonded to this idea of being a self. How's it working out? Are you enjoying it? Or are you hoping things are going to get better? Recognize it. If you see it, there's going to be an emphasis sooner or later that if you see the pointing and don't make the leap into the idea of what's being pointed at, this will liberate you. Liberate you from a, a, a state of non-bondage, basically. You'll just wake up to the fact nothing's ever happened. But you'll just see the thought, yeah? And you won't see the thought as the thinker. After a while, the emphasis will be on the seeing of the thought. I would say that's your true nature, seeing. Yeah? Awareness. Not of a thing. Not of a mental idea. Not in anything that's progressing into culmination or reaching a crescendo. Just dog shit ordinary awareness. All day, every day. You're aware of what? You're aware of consciousness, aren't you? You have a sense that there's seeing, don't you? The consciousness that's in contact with this, is that's not all that's happening. There's a sense of seeing that happening, yeah? This is where the heist happened. That sense has been co-opted, which is the sense of presence or onness, and has now been claimed to be you, which is sort of like, for that you to continue to be you, then the onness has to seem to be off. And now you're in the pursuit of trying to find the onness. <laughs> to me, it's a form of slavery. Literally, slavery, yeah. How many days have you had where everything looked nice, a sunny day, beautiful, this and that, and all it took was one thought to ruin it, seemingly? How did that thought have so much power? Not through the thought. The same, another person could have had the same thought and it would have had no effect on them. It has nothing to do with the thought. It's the my. It's that I'm the thinker of it or that thought's about me. Yeah, That's the bonding mechanism. And it has a lot of power because it's using your power through the claiming of those systems of thought and feeling and all like this. Yes? There's been a heist that has occurred. It's occurring all day. Yeah? We usually wake up to the idea of this game on, let's say, at the fourth square. We have no understanding what happened. We have a strong feeling of being a self. It's almost a habit now. The thought system is constantly inferring itself. So we remember self all day. Yes? If you do something you really love to do, like if I surf and stuff, it's a simple free sample of freedom from self because the element is happening so strongly around you, you're not really engaged with the thoughts about yesterday or tomorrow. And so you feel really good. Guess what? (laughs) 
expand on that idea. What would happen? I don't want to have to surf 24 hours a day. I'll be fucking like a raisin, dried up like a freaking thing. I want to have that possibility always available at all times, and why not? If I'm not attending to the thoughts that are about me in the past and are about me in the future, I'll be in the state of forgetfulness, yeah, of self. And then that sense of presence that I put as a future goal that after I purify a lot or meditate a lot or go on a lot of retreats I may reach is just obviously blatantly there, as always, yeah? So I always go the back way. Question, are you a long-lasting, independent, separate entity? Yeah. Are you what's being thought about? Are you the feeler? Are you the grower of your hair? Are you the digester of your food? Yeah. If you're not, if just the possibility, if you're not, leave that blank and then find out. I've seen a lot happen with people if they just started to be able to recognize what's not happening isn't happening. So all their thoughts about the past and all the future, it's like, a, it's like living with an incessant boogeyman all day. What would happen if you see it's not happening? What more would you need to do? The seeing of it not happening is the end of the game. If you try to do anything more, you've just reaffirmed that it may be happening. <laughs> <laughs> the whole idea too with the thinking maybe entertain the possibility that you're not the thinker yeah. you know, maybe these thoughts are Stanley's let's say or Melissa's or someone else if you can't imagine not being a person at least let it be someone else Yeah, and then see how moved you are by those thoughts if you realize they were someone else's probably not moved much at all Yeah, then you'll start recognizing how it's happening and I would say, if you can see it, see it when it's happening, there's a strong possibility that the, uh, the crescendo will never be reached. You will never take yourself to be a self, yeah? You'll take yourself to be the seeing of all that, yeah? Why not? Give it a shot. It'd be nice to be freed from the uh, influence of time, don't you think? Can you imagine... Can you imagine if you really, when you start feeling that movement like a hand in your back of time? The whole thought system is drenched in time. Every thought has time in, as an ingredient. Yes? When people wish they were okay, it's I will be okay. Or they have memories of once when they were okay. It's always injected into every freaking thing. Every little declaration, every little idea from the thought system is drenched in time. Yet the solution is of, of timeless nature, of a timeless nature. Yeah? One of the biggest qualities of its downloading, the solution in a way, is the timeless quality of it. It doesn't take any time. So it's an invitation, you know, it's a message. People here in this room have been, some of us have been listening to it. I imagine they don't come back here to see me. They're sort of happy with that, what's happening, and their life has gotten a little lighter and a little looser. So, hallelujah, yeah? Now, once you find something that seems to work, why not just keep entertaining it? Yeah?
for me, it became like the last answer, that's all. You know, when I heard it, was at a meeting not like this, man. This place is unbelievable. This is like lead, you know, to the evil spirits, tons of things. But I heard the message and, um, man, something hit me there and it became the last answer, basically. And my mind has just been entertaining it ever since. Yeah? And the mind is an unbelievable, never-ending, marvelous event. Yeah? It never gets bored with itself. It can get bored with things quite easily, but it never gets bored with itself. Yeah? Because itself is infinite. Itself is all imminent and potential possibilities. It's everything and nothing, you know? So, if your car broke down on the side of the street, if you had an old car, had a carburetor, and you had a friend in the car, and one of you guys would go out, take the air filter off, and then you have a can of gas, and then I'd be there pumping the gas, turning the key, and then I'd say, drop some gas in. Yep, the car's not starting. There's the car, everything's there, but it doesn't seem to be starting. That's all. So the guy would drop a couple of drops of gas in, pump it, and then suddenly it catches. What would happen if he keeps pouring gas in it? floods, yeah? This is what this message is. It's not going to be increased by more of it. Yeah? You don't need eight hours. This isn't better than five minute uh, invitation. It's an invitation that's meant to sort of tickle or uh, trigger the mind. Yeah? The message is the mind, really. This is just like the catalyst, like the little gas drops then the mind gets engaged. Hey, I may not be that. Yeah. And then watch out and find out. Because things will come to pass. Things may be seemingly so, and then you realize they're not so. Yeah. You'll see that statement like false evidence appearing real, the acronym for fear and recovery. You'll see the only way false evidence can appear real, it must appear real to someone. If you're not that someone... False evidence will be false evidence. To yesterday, today, and tomorrow. <laughs> you will not be under the sway of the advertising campaign. You won't be, because you won't be taking yourself to be the product that all the advertising is geared for. All of it. All the self-help books. I have a thing about self-help books, this thing, too. This is a place that has probably tons of them. In the <laughs> there, was a, there was a phase, I think they've gotten over it now, but they had this thing about how to get into the moment, right? Remember the, how to get into the moment, then the second edition was how to really get into the moment, and the third edition was how to really, really get into the moment. The whole point is you can't be out of a moment. You are the moment, not you as this. This is a, an appearance in the moment, but you're not of this. You are the moment. How can you get into something you can't be out of? You don't see this is the heist of the mind. It tries to make you do effort to get into something you can't be out of. And in a way, it verifies that you can be out of it. Yeah? All your efforts to be in it. That's the heist of mind. And then... It's telling you, you've got to get out of this self. You've got to get relief from this self. And so you're trying to get out of something you cannot possibly be in. Yeah? You're trying to get out of self. You go to play. If I went and I signed up for a two-year class here 
how, to get out of the obsession with self, that could be construed as obsession with self. Self can't get out of self. Mind can't be used to find mind. Whatever's applicable about getting a job or picking up something from here and moving it there is not applicable with this. It's not applicable. You can't do and have yourself into a state of being. You can only do and have yourself into a mental state. Yeah? Because it's going to be a mental state that's going to be the doing and the haver, the doer and the haver. And all it's going to do is produce another mental state. And so on and so forth. Yeah? But the being is complete right now. In and of itself, it's not in a process. Being is... There's the aspect of being, which is manifestation, which is use, is moving through time to manifest. But itself is not of time. It's not a product of time. You aren't like 50% being, and now you're in this place to complete the mission of being. Yeah. Now I'm more being than I was being when I came in here. Yeah? That's not happening. Yeah. It's complete. Complete. There's no process, no time involved in it. It's right now available. Yeah. I mean, you and I are the living scripture. If you like reading scriptures, fine, who cares? But you're the living scripture. Every day is the new page. Yeah? This is best is is like a brush of that infinite artist expressing itself through. Yeah? Mind and mind alone is manifesting in all of its, let's say, thwarted reflections. It's still the undifferentiated light. It's a night, it's like, that's a, to come and find out about that by realizing what you're not is a damn good event, like an eventless event. But to find (laughs) out by realizing what you're not, yeah, and then therefore by that you find out what you are by its expression through this event, yeah, to me that's a very clear form of knowledge. But to take yourself to be something else and then to try to find out your authenticness as the pseudo-authenticness is insanity to me. It's going to go on for eons. You can, be, you can move in this room, 24, have a kitchen, everything. It's not going to mean a damn thing. This has got to be like available now Sat, what a day is it? Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, every moment, or it has no value whatsoever. If it's, if it doesn't, if it's not where the rubber meets the road, what's the point of it? It's just intellectual curiosity or entertainment. It's like mind candy. But this is totally pragmatic. You get an easing comfort in your own supposed skin by realizing it's not your skin. Realizing the one thing that's been called the skin is just another uniform. The sense of being a self is another uniform. The sense of being a self isn't your eyes, it's another pair of glasses. But if you take it to be your eyes, you'll never even allow your hands to go and check it out. You'll just assume they're your eyes. The mental process is reinforcing the identification as a self right now. Yes, that's what it's doing. 
It's as tempting to say a pair of glasses are your eyes and the way they can seem to be your eyes is your hands never go there to feel. Yeah? It's saying that this one uniform, being this body, is my true skin. And I now sometimes a house painter, sometimes I'm this, so I put on all these different uniforms, but this is my one skin. Guess what? This could possibly be a, a uniform. Question it. And if you don't like the fit, you can actually entertain being free from it. But if it's your skin, you're going to have to make do. You'll have to therapize how to get along with this tight skin. If it's not you, you can be free of it. If you don't see the act of identification, especially in recovery, to me the root of the disease of alcoholism, which is just an extension of the original disease, which is the mind's addiction to being a self, just that's all it is. It's just trying to get relief from that. That's what alcoholism is. It's trying to. It's it's just a. It's just an extended subdivision of of the first disease. Yeah. This first disease, the mental process wants to be a self. Yeah. It wants to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It wants to be special. It wants to be unique. But it can never be so. It can only appear to be so. So it's like any desire that's not going to be fulfilled is in constant thwart, is thwarted constantly. What happens? It produces an irritability, restlessness, and discontent in you. There's a drive to be something you can never be. Yeah? You can only seem to be it. So the selfing is like this rapacious, ravenous addiction, like a slinky, that moves this way, and then it, moves, it pulls itself over. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah? So that, uh, for me to get loaded, why, would I, why did I want to get loaded so much? I wanted to get out of self. Yeah? The point is, you can't get out of what you're not in. I would have matched my addiction to drugs with any spiritual devotee in the, in the annals of spirituality. There's Hanuman up there. I'd be right up there with him. I gave everything for it. I loved it. I, everything I had, I gave to it. Everything you had, I tried to give to it. I prostituted myself for it. I thought about it constantly. I lived completely under its influence. Yeah? And you know what? It didn't, I couldn't transcend the true dilemma. You can't transcend an imaginary situation. The whole point is realize you're not where you think you are. And then what occurs? You entertain it, you'll find out. Yeah, You'll start traveling lighter and light will beget light. You'll start entertaining it and entertaining it and you think it's going to give you just one shot? It downloads and downloads and downloads. You see, you'll see the same thing from thousands of different ways. Yeah, Your attention will be called when you don't even know it to see the hummingbird out your window. You didn't even know it. You'll just be, you'll see, you'll sense that, that unseen hand all day. You know? Freed from the bondage of self. It's not bondage to self, because that would mean the self was a thing, like this chair, and I was a thing, and I'm, this is going to be bonded to this chair, let's say through a facility of a handcuff, yeah, the handcuffing, handcuff me here, then you could say, all right, Paul is separate from this thing called self, and he's bonded to it, 
So if I found the right spiritual locksmith who could open this handcuff, I'd be freed, as Paul, from the bondage to self. But the real bondage is of self, which is the act of being identified as a self. So as I'm sitting here, thinking this is the self that's driving me crazy, and I want to be free from it, I'm trying to get free from it as a self. I'm attempt- It's like I'm trying to leave self and then be a better self, or a different self. <laughs> the bonding of self will go when you're in the pursuit of being freed from self. You will be the one, the self will be playing the role of being the one who wants to be freed from self. <laughs> you haven't seen it in your spiritual practices? Self can't get out of self. Why? There isn't one. <laughs> That's why. If there was one, they probably could have come up with a way to get out of it. But the way to get out of it is realize you're not in it. And the realization of that fact doesn't need time to get to it because it's so. You're not in it. Now, maybe your freedom or the expression of freedom may not happen completely all at once, but you'll see it unwinding for the rest of your freaking days. Yeah, That tight coil will loosen up and it won't regress into tightening up. It will loosen and loosen and loosen. It won't have a dualistic movement of loosening, tightening, loosening. It will be inherent. It will be loosening, loosening, loosening. Not as the truth. You are all that as an expression. Through this, this will seem to travel lighter. Yeah. If I didn't believe it was so, I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't do these talks because we're not going to offer you anything here. We're giving you nothing. I hope you leave with us. You know, you're going to get a whole lot of nothing because I truly believe that's the gift that keeps on giving. Nothing. How much something have you had already? It all adds up to what? Nothing in the long run. Why not start with nothing? That's the gift that keeps on giving. Nothing. You don't need anything added on or subtracted. You're inherently that which you're seeking for. Like St. Francis said, he didn't write an 800-page book. He said a simple statement. What's looking is what you're looking for. What? Yeah. (laughs) What's looking? Not now. I mean, maybe when I'm at the temple. No, it's not any kind of conditional. What's looking is what you're looking for. He doesn't say who's looking is what you're looking for. What's looking? is what you're looking for. That can stop you right in your tracks. Sit on that for a little while. What? Then you start, what, what? You know? <laughs> that, that thing that's looking is what you're looking for. <laughs> what? Wait a minute, what? That thing right there, doing all these gyrations to try to see something, is what you're looking for. There's no need of gyrations to see that. You can see it in the midst of it looking. In all these, you know, that's it. What's going to probably happen? It's probably going to chill out. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it realizes, hey, I'm what's looking, and that's what I'm looking for, you know, call off the hunt.
I can feel it. It's really easy feeling it now. But, when I leave, but is the beginning of the world. That's where the world comes out of, like a but. Oh, I really like the feeling in this room. But, and then they run some hypothetical question. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to feel it then. Who gives a shit about then? By when you get then, it will be now. (laughs) When you get there, it's going to be here. Yeah. If it can be so now, here, it can be so <laughs> the here that you're going to be calling there and then. <laughs> I just heard it like this, I swear. I don't know. I heard it. I went to see some other people who shared about it, read a couple of books, were motivated to go to India to hear some other people. So it was pretty good motivation. And then I heard what they said, and I just started entertaining the ideas. And then uh, this one, one of the first ones was really cool. I was in this room, the lady was sharing, and something happened while I was listening to her. And I, I shared, I said, you know, I was just came in here, and I, I could say I, what my being was looking at this mental state. But now I just realized it was a mental state, this identification looking at a mental state. That was like in a lens, like this, went like this. The lens was fixed and self-centeredness, yeah? Very small uh, opening in the aperture. <laughs> and suddenly, that something happened, and my the lens opened up. And when it opened up, it just doesn't open up like this. It opens up like this. And then you get to be seen in front of the lens. What you were calling the being is a mental state. Yeah? That has a very big effect on the mind that was taking itself to be the mental state. It now doesn't take itself to be the mental state. And the whole, the whole system of meaning and weight is shifted dramatically without any thought or effort. It just, the cards get rearranged. Yeah? What was really important may become unimportant. What wasn't important becomes really important. But it's like a seismic shift in the cards. Yeah? And you're not the dealer, nor are you dealt to. I'm getting feisty now. I'm ready to <laughs> take on one of these deities here. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them on. Garuda. T- let's, let's take that freaking bird thing. Garuda. Yes. It's easy to have a dead master. Very easy. You can make him all he or she, all you want her or her or him to be. Yeah? A live master is a little different. I'm not saying I'm a live master because I don't believe in any masters. I don't believe in any teachers. I don't, how can you teach non-duality? It's a negation. Non-duality means not to. It's to indicate that something that seems to be so isn't and that's all it needs to do. Once you entertain that isn't so, you're going to find out about what is so. You don't need to be attempted to be informed about what's so, because that information will be conceptualized, intellectualized. It will be made into something. You will find out about what's so. And that's what that's the position you'll be consist, always relegated to, is the position of finding out. It's quite freeing, man. I think. I, I know. Sometimes I feel like a vacuum salesman. And, uh, I f- sometimes I don't want to say "fuck you." You know, it's, it's, it's like I. You, 
there's a lot of times so much reluctance and so much jeez uh, it's like there's sometimes when you know you see the guy in the water and he's holding on to his prized possession but from the boat you can see it's a big thing of lead that's causing him to sink ever faster you know but he doesn't he, he swears that it's a big thing of gold what's one to do you know? to me I fulfilled my mission you know the spiritual subpoena has been served and you know I don't care what you do with it in a way but it, for me I'm just impelled to share it because I this is how it's this is how I've been informed I had I the, the sense of the relief from the problem overcame me and by that relief I can see the I can see the problem from the solution yeah what I was seeing from I can describe now I can see the activity that was being used to infer or assume that there was a someone there and now the someone there never seems to appear because it never could. It was just something that was taken to be so by my mind. Now my mind isn't taking it to be so anymore. So now you can see all that which reinforces it and implies it and assumes it and refers to it and how time is such an incredible ingredient here that the thought system is just drenched in time how you're driven all day, almost like a death march, you know, to some better, brighter, clearer, more secure, more richer moment. And in a way, it's a denial of this moment and the invitation that's offered right now. Yeah? We will take the mental offering, which is there's going to be a better moment in time, which is we're having faith in that false god of self, in a way. And we're allowing self to play god which it says in the big book of recovery, the, before the whole third step of turning your will and your life over to the care of a higher power, first you have to quit playing God. Well, it's important, I believe, is to recognize what playing God looks like and realize what's attempting to play God and maybe it's just not you. And you're the God juice it's using to play God. Yeah? If you took the God juice away, you would see it as a flimsy little production. Very flimsy. Yeah? It's like golden oldies, you know, when they try to sell you those 60s, uh, get a 12 set. Oh, yes. You know, that's all it is. So, I don't know. I enjoy coming. Energy is really nice. I like sitting in it. And I just like to see people travel lighter. You know? If you're going to do a diagnosis, I guess it's good to get the right one down. Because if you think you have a cold, but you don't, you have the flu, and you buy a lot of cold medicine and take it religiously, they both have similar symptoms, but not all. You're not going to get a radical relief because there was a misdiagnosis, yeah? I would say the diagnosis is the activity of selfing, the identification as being a self, is the addiction of the conditional mind. It can never f fulfill that addiction, it can never be a self, therefore it produces all this irritable restlessness, discontent, or as in Zen in Buddhism they say that that dukkha, that that vague sense of suffering or malaise. It's just like the aroma or the presence of a thwarted desire. Yeah? And like Buddha says also, what's the cause of all suffering but desire? I would change it a little and say it's really the desire to become which is what selfing's doing. It has a desire to become a self and it can't 
fulfill it. It's never going to reach a crescendo. It's never going to reach culmination. Yeah? And there's a freedom available by realizing you were never bound. Yeah? I found this information was helpful to that. It led me to a place where the mind opened up and reached a different level of uh, aperture. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't seem to be... There's there's not an end point. <laughs> it seems to have the ability to keep opening up. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you like a nice love leavening agent in your life that would allow you to travel a little later? No. I mean, you know, at 2 o'clock on Tuesday, 4 o'clock Saturday. Yeah, can you imagine, instead of having a big, incredible peak experience, can you imagine that there was a possibility that all day in the dualistic expression of a life being heavy or light, you could have that heaviness and the possibility of the heaviness skimmed off every moment. And then the emphasis, either quickly or slowly, put, put towards the more light. Yeah? I would take that skimming off every second than a big peak experience that will probably disappear and then be used by you had to beat the shit out of itself for the rest of your life because you're not at the peak experience anymore, yeah? Yeah. So, what the hell is that thing <laughs> that's been... Alright, well, any questions? Yeah, Paul, I have a question. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, recovery program um, I'm probably paraphrasing it but they say don't forget the past but in essence don't wallow in it and with your emphasis on the right now how does that fit into that concept well the thing is I it's not about forgetting or, or remembering the past it's the idea of who was in it that I forget yeah I can go back to the past and there's a lot of learning that can happen there, but it's not me. That's the good news, yeah? And in the book it says, don't you won't shut the door on it nor regret the past. Right, that's it. Yeah. So, the only idea, see, like I said earlier, the past has an important role in selfing, yes? Because selfing isn't actually happening. There is no self. So for it to appear to be happening, it has to be remembered, yeah? For something that isn't happening, let's say if this chair, we see, well, here's this chair and we see it, yes? Now, if I remove the chair, now, the only way you can think of, see the chair again is by remembering it, yeah? So this is even faster. There's never been a self, but the mind's assuming there is one, Yeah? So it's assuming there was one here, but in fact there isn't one. So what it does is the thought system thinks about you as a body or as a self in the past. Yes? And it uses that thinking about you in the past to remember you now. Yeah? It doesn't care about the past. It's using the past to fixate on you so that it can use the power of mind to remember you now. Yeah? And it's doing the same thing with future. 
It's thinking about you because the thought system pictures you as a body to think about, yeah? You can't, if you saw, saw yourself as a spirit, you wouldn't be going, for, oh, my spirit five years ago, because it would be the same as it is now. There would be no, oh, I was, you know, my spirit was very weak then. No, it was, but the body, the body was in different circumstances and situations, yes? So now it's thinking about what's going to happen to me a year from now. Let's say I'm healthy, but it's thinking I'm going to have cancer. Yeah. So one of the as- one of the aspects of why it's doing that is to remember itself now. So it goes like this: I was there. Yeah. I will be there. Therefore, I am here now. That's its verification. That's why we're so ingested and so uh, enveloped in time because it needs time to remember itself. Yeah. It needs somewhere to picture you because it can't really picture you now. It has to picture you there and then to bring up that conjuring feeling. And it's a sense of self. It's not a thought. It's a thought wrapped with a feeling. Yeah? So the sense of self is the remembrance of self. So you feel. So when something happens, you feel like you're the one who did it. Yeah? When thoughts are seen or heard, you have the feeling that you're the one who's thinking them. Yes? It just... it it's It's not... It's not in place. It happens really fast, though. But it's not in place. That's not so. What's actually happening here is consciousness is moving through us and having contact. So I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching this, this event. Yeah? That's what's happening. But the selfing claimed it and says, I'm the one who's conscious, which is now affording you this false experience that you can be unconscious. It's insanity. I swear to God. And then the double whammy is you'll believe you're unconscious and want to be to become conscious when the whole the whole the whole journey is based on a false premise that you're not conscious. All there is is conscious contact happening here. You must believe, if you believe that you're conscious, then you can also believe you can be unconscious. If you're not that you, you're free from that belief. Yeah? You realize all there is is consciousness. Then what happens? Find out. Find out. If I say how it is, then you may think that's the way it is. It's not gonna, it's just how it is for me. It's gonna probably feel different for you. So you gotta find out. Yeah? That's why I think the best thing you can do is talk about what you're not, describe what you're not, and then you'll find out by seeing I'm not that, you'll start finding out what you are. Yeah? And it will be an ongoing event. That's the beauty of it here. Yeah? So I have books to sell. DVDs. And we have a, a three month program you can join. I do. I have a we have a great program called uh, Retreat from Paul. Some other people here have been on it. So Retreat from Paul is I'll send you DVDs and. Uh, and videos of us, of, of, of our programs and stuff. And then uh, some girlfriends and ex-girlfriends will get up and do a testimonial of how great it is 
to have Paul absent in their life. So you're actually sensing the presence by my absence. And then I'll have you say, hey, listen, try it for a weekend. Send me a hundred bucks, and I promise I won't go wherever you are. And I bet you on Monday you'll feel better without me being around. And there, so you'll sense the presence by my absence. So I'll be in Hawaii. Send me the checks, and then if you if it's working, enter the, the three month program. It's only a thousand bucks. I promise I won't intrude on anything that's going on. You'll never see me again. You can actually buy the lifelong program for ten thousand bucks. You'll never see me again, and you'll feel a presence by my absence. That's the retreat from Paul. <laughs> so. Uh, what do we have a basket to pass? Any other questions? Oh, right there. Is that, is that uh, yeah. Wait, I'll get a basket from here. Yeah, use that. That's fine. So we're gonna have to we have to pay rent here. So I don't know what they're doing. So you put some money in. We appreciate it. You all right, honey? Everything's good. Here comes the treasure. Yeah. I could use a yeah. Anyone else need any uh, water or anything? I need my cord card. Your cord card, you. This is the cord of light. You've yeah. been absolved from all the things you thought you did. Uh, thank you, Master. Yeah, who needs a cord card? Hey, if you're interested, we have a website, zenbitchslap.com. So, uh, and we do a lot of talks. I do two around here, one on Saturday morning in Marin City at 11:15, and then one in the city at 7:30 on Wednesday. But we have they're all. It's all. There's tons of talks there, and you can download for free from the website. What? Zenbitchslap.com. Yeah. How did you come up with that name? <laughs> well, there's a, if you know Zen, there they have these mind twisters called koans. Yeah. So one of the famous koans is, uh, what's the sound of one hand clapping? So we changed it to, what's the sound of one hand slapping? Zen bit slap. <laughs> when, you say, when you say we, is that like self-explanatory when you look at the website? Oh, well, it's just us, me. <laughs> me seen as a we. You as a nobody that is a we. Well, the thing is, you see all the websites? Oh, thank you. With the... Uh, you know, they have the websites, the eternal present and all like this. Then you see Zen Bitslap. Which one are you going to go to? The Zen Bitslap. <laughs> Who cares about the eternal present or the forever dawning oneness? You know, Zen Bitslap. Yeah, well, I like it's that. a mixed bag, Paul, because I have lots of uh, <laughs> friends that I'm trying to talk into it. And <laughs> they go oh, there. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's good to keep it very small and disorganized. Yeah, anyway. I guess it's all intentional. Want we want to irritate people also. <laughs> irritation is good. A mild form of irritation is good. Eh? It causes you to... Paul, did you ever play sports? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, I left my glasses at your house. Thanks. All right, well, we end with a prayer if you want to join us. We end with a prayer... Serenity prayer. We hold hands. It's a nice little way. Thanks for everyone coming. I'll pay you guys later. (laughs) 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 The wee version of the Serenity prayer. God. God.
grant us serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back. It works. 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 It works